time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Pleased to present for your consideration, Mr. Booth Templeton, serious and successful star of over 30 Broadway plays, who is not quite all right today. Yesterday and its memories is what he wants. And yesterday is what he'll get. Soon his years and his troubles will descend on him in an avalanche. In order not to be crushed, Mr. Booth Templeton will escape from his theater and his world and make his debut on another stage in another world that we call the Twilight Zone. Episode number 45 of The Twilight Zone was The Trouble with Templeton. And uh, Sean, um, I like to say that the, you know, I, I think if you've listened to all the episodes of this podcast, I, 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 like, to, bless you. I like to pick out some, some patterns that, that we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've decided that The Trouble with Templeton, uh, Walking Distance, which was from the, uh, the first season, and the changing of the guard, which is coming up later in the series, right. they make up what I like to call the old man is upset about getting old trilogy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy to uh, to play part four if there's ever a part four. So <laughs> the trouble with majors. So, so the, uh, the the story revolves around Booth Templeton, which first of all is a really cool name. Oh yeah, yeah, one of the best, honestly. And he's uh, he's watching his uh, his wife basically flirting with someone out by the pool. And uh, a booth servant comes in and gives him, uh, you know, like uh, I, I think some some meds and some some old guy meds. <laughs> and uh, it is just talking to him, and and basically Booth is is talking about how much he uh, he hates his wife and how much he liked his first <laughs> wife Laura so much better, but. She uh, she died after after several years. I hate to I hate to derail the episode so early and on something so seemingly insignificant. But do we know who that guy was? Was he a pool boy that just w- wasn't working, or was he just a friend? Yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know that either. Um, it, it 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 was sort of hinting that maybe she they were having a thing going on. I mean, that was obviously oh, yeah, the point sure. they were trying to get across. But uh, no, they never explain who it is. Just that uh, you know, she's she's definitely out there out there flirting with the guy. And uh, Templeton basically says he doesn't care. <laughs> he, like, he doesn't, it's a it's a good marriage. I, and uh, I, I think he he basically describes it as uh, you know when a guy my age marries a woman her age, we, we just assume something like that's going to happen. Not really, but hey, the fifties or sixties, I guess. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, the the sixties apparently marriage was a little bit a uh, little bit more loose than it is now. <laughs> you know, for for everything that we've heard from our parents about, you know, like well, back in my day, like you know, none of this happened, and you know, we we you see all these stats about you know divorce rates going up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was always like this. If if the Twilight Zone is a is a slice of life from the the late fifties and the sixties so far. Um, marriage was never really taken very seriously, at least by uh, the rich and famous and in the Twilight Zone. Well, I think that, uh, you know, like the relationships are exactly the same. Like there's people who are who are actually in love with each other, like uh, like, say, Misty and I. Yes. Um, and then there's people who aren't. 
like Templeton and uh, and you know his his trophy uh, trophy wife. And um, uh, the only difference is that probably back then you stayed together, even though you hated each other. Yes, yes. And and now people are less likely to do that. It's true. So so I think that's the only difference. I think that there's just as many happy marriages. It's just what happens with the unhappy marriages that uh, that maybe has changed over the years. Mm. We and just see we just see all of them in the Twilight Zone. Exactly. We see a nice, a nice microcosm of all of them in in the Twilight Zone. So basically, we're we're introduced to uh, to Booth Templeton, and we're told that he's old. <laughs> so many old man pills uh, to uh, keep his old man body alive for one right. old man more day, so that he can do more old man acting. Because uh, immediately <laughs> he goes to work at a theater, and uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a new play that he's doing, and he he meets uh, uh, Sid Sperry, which is a great another great name, by the way. This is you know not very far away from Mount Rushmore of episodes, but I mean it might be in the lead so far through forty five of these of just having the best names. There needs I, to be uh, what was the the dude's name from <laughs> uh, something Hammer from like uh, the the four of us are dying. Oh, uh, Arch Hammer. Arch Hammer. Yes. One of the best. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think anybody's beating that. Uh, Twilight no, Zone no. or not, I don't think no. anybody's beating Arch Hammer. Maybe Max Power, but Arch Hammer's pretty good, too. Yeah, I mean, that's a name you'd love to touch, but but you mustn't touch it. <laughs> uh, so uh, Sid Sperry is basically the producer of the play that uh, uh, Te- Booth Templeton... I wanted to call him Templeton Booth, but he's he's Booth Templeton. He's Either Templeton, way. comma Booth. <laughs> uh, he, he's the he's the producer, and um, he he tells him that the director has been replaced by a youngin. And uh, ba- basically, the 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 hotshot young director doesn't seem to think very much of uh, Templeton, comma Booth. <laughs> And sort of, uh, sort of embarrasses him, and uh, he runs out the door, and that's when the story really begins in earnest. Yes, once, uh, once the hotshot young director who likes to throw his weight around embarrasses him to fleeing, then Templeton Comma Booth really enters the twilight zone. Yeah, and, and I think that's actually about the time that uh, Rod Serling comes up and you know shows up and, and says he's in the Twilight Zone, in, in case we didn't know. <laughs> By the way, you're watching a TV show, and this is the cold open. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's very much uh, reminiscent of the scene in Field of Dreams where Ray Kinsella goes back to the, uh, to the early 70s. He just sort of walks out of a door and, oh, ooh, he's in the past. He, he does, they don't try to explain how he's in the past, like I do in my novel Righteous Might, available at, right, at uh, Eckhart's Press uh, and, and Amazon.com. Bit.ly slash Righteous Might. Exactly. And uh, they, they don't try to explain it. He just, he just pops up in the past. And uh, um, he's, uh, the, 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 the play that's actually on the bill is uh, The Great Seed, which I'm not sure what a, a play called The Great Seed would be about. But uh, we learn it's a it's a, it's a play written by Booth's best friend uh, Barney Fluger, also a fantastic name, <laughs> awesome name, perfect name for who Barney is. Exactly, 
And uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, he's he's very confused, as one might imagine, and he talks to a um, the sort of um, proverbial uh, old man who works at the at the at the stage. And he finds out that uh, Laura, his wife, that well, first of all, that's it's the year 1927, and uh, Laura's waiting for him at the local speakeasy. And uh, so he goes over there and he starts, uh, you know, he, he finds her and he starts uh, talking to her. And the conversation basically doesn't go the way that uh, that uh, Templeton comma booth would have liked, Mm-mm. especially after all these years. Uh, and and so uh, uh, ultimately, she basically t- tells him to get lost. And uh, uh, eventually, uh, Templeton comma booth. Uh, runs back out into the street in disgust and finds himself back in the present, as one does. Yes. And uh, uh, basically, he, f- he finds a, a script. I, I think uh, maybe it's, it's left somewhere. I, I forget exactly how he finds it. Uh, I think he it, takes it. Does he take it from Laura or something like that? He, he might, but he, he has yeah. this script in his hands and he starts looking at it. And basically, uh, it's what he just went through. Yeah. And the name of the script is, I think, what to do when Booth comes back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and so, like, the, the lesson here, the life lesson that we're supposed to learn is that, uh, you know, you shouldn't be living in the past because yeah. his friends, including his, uh, his beloved lost love, were basically telling him, don't live in the past. You need to focus on, on what's in front of you. And so then he, he goes back back into life with uh, a renewed sense of gusto um, tells the uh, tells the producer spid Sperry to to go frack himself uh, the the director is so impressed he's like hey I can work with this guy oh yeah they start working together and this kid has what it takes and we can we can assume that theatrical uh, magic just happens afterwards and everybody's for years afterwards talking about that great play that they saw Templeton comma booth in what in to the do 1950s. when Booth comes back. <clears throat> so a couple questions here. Um, were the ghosts of Laura and the, uh, um, and, and Barney, were they, were they doing that on purpose? Were they actually mean in real life way back when? And, Booth just doesn't remember it that way. Like, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, even if, you know, uh, my first wife was an asshole to me as well. Or are they purposefully being mean to him to get him to get out of his uh, propensity to, you know, be nostalgic over what's in front of him? Well, this is an episode that I haven't seen uh, all that often. I don't know if it didn't necessarily pop up in many uh, marathons or, you know, in, in my case, when, when WGN was running it late at night. Um, it's a skip. It's a skip one for me, I think. I, yeah. For, for me, usually too. Uh, although when I actually sat down and watched it, I didn't, I did enjoy it. Me too. Um, I liked it a lot. I, I think that as I was watching it, I was at first thinking exactly that, you know, that, that these people, it, it turns out when you go back and re-examine things that that maybe things weren't quite as uh, ideal as you remember, yeah. but I think I think the script is is hinting that they actually they were his friends and they did love him. They were just trying to make sure that he, you know, 
actually went back and enjoyed life instead of focusing on everything in the past. I think so. I think they they were his friends. They they just they were they were doing that because they wanted him to live in the present. They were doing what friends do. Um, so, you know, I'm, I, I've been the first one to, to you know, kind of shun uh, quote unquote goofy episodes. I don't, and you know, have have since stopped using the term goofy. But um, unless it's a scary one or you know has super high stakes, um, I'm, I'm typ- It's typically not of you know high interest to me, like a, an episode of the, like the Twilight Zone. Growing up, did you watch like the X Files or Buffy the Vampire Slayer or you know any of those? Like, oh, I, um, I watched both of them actually. Cool. Okay, so X Files came on like Friday nights, mm-hmm. uh, like first couple seasons. And when there was a lame episode, did you just feel cheated? You're like, man, I've been waiting all week for this. <laughs> like, I can't yeah, just skip was, to the next um, episode. There was, uh, it was actually when we were watching uh, this latest season of Discovery, uh, Star Trek Discovery, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that was the first time in years that I'd had that, uh, that I'd had that thought. It's like, come on. Because it, cause, <laughs> cause they did actually, they did like a, like a two episode arc where they went, to the mirror universe uh-huh. and like through both of them, I was like, okay, go back to real life because I, I, we don't need the mirror universe stuff anymore. And yeah, I, I literally kind of felt cheated. I was like, I waited a whole week for this and they're still <laughs> stuck in the mirror universe. Damn it. Um, I, so yeah, I always, <laughs> always had that, uh, always had that feeling with the, the X-Files. Usually like I was, I was actually one where I liked the monster of the week yes. episodes of the of the X Files so much better than the actual like narrative. Me yeah, too. When, when they got when they got into the mythology stuff, I was kind of kind of tuning out. Especially like at first, it was really interesting as sort of like a, a setup for everything. But yeah, as I just kept adding stuff on top of it, it just got kind of dumb. And and especially that culminated in the, you know, in the most recent season where it kind of all wrapped up. Yeah. I still haven't even watched that. Uh, so, which is insane. Not to get too sidetracked, <laughs> but there's a there's an episode that's actually a goofy sort of monster of the week episode. Um, the mask. No, uh, it's <laughs> called sure? uh, the Lost Art of Flop Sweat, I think. <laughs> and that episode is so good and so funny. That like to me, that's the that's the end of the X Files. Like I I don't I don't acknowledge that all <laughs> that the episodes after that even even happened. That's my that's my my series finale of of the X Files. Okay, yeah, season eleven. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The X Files could actually do those episodes fairly well. Like the one that I was talking about, where like the the guy who has ele- like a um, elephant man disease. And he just wants to go to a share concert. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's, uh, yeah, there, there were a couple of like really comedic episodes, um, like uh, um, Jose Chunks from Outer Space, which is all yes, about alien yes, abductions. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I believe this this last episode that I, that I'm talking about, I think it was actually written by the same guy. So, like, if you like that episode, you'll you'll like this one. And you as soon as we finish this episode talking about the Twilight Zone. <laughs> You should go watch that. Um, so speaking of which, uh, one thing that jumped out at me about this episode is I believe this was the first time we had like the quintessential Rod Serling uh, uh, introduction 
because he he literally says, "Please to present for your consideration." Yeah, yeah. It's it's always weird because uh, for some reason when he doesn't say it, I don't notice it, but when he when he does like formally do his uh, you know opening or closing narration, it's uh, I'm always like, oh yeah, or, you know when when it's more formal like that, I'm always like, oh yeah, he hasn't done that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm sure it turns out like if you if you cataloged the episodes, he doesn't actually do that very often, but those are yeah. the ones people remember. <laughs> And uh, uh, I'm pleased to report there's uh, no Twilight Zone age syndrome in this particular episode because yes. I was expecting that he was going to say, you know, uh, Templeton comma Booth, he's 17. 32 years old <laughs> and at the end of his life. <laughs> but but they, don't, they don't give an age, so we can assume that he's older than both of us. Um, speaking of, <clears throat> uh, the woman who played Doris, his uh, second wife, who had the, uh, the gentleman caller, um, still with us, eighty-five years young. Oh wow! Uh, I know. I know that uh, Templeton. He's he's not around anymore. Um, no. The only thing I the only other thing I remember seeing him in was uh, he played Captain Smith in the original movie Titanic. Oh wow! Uh, which which came out in the fifties. So actually, just a couple of years before this. Interesting. And uh, if you haven't seen that one, it's uh, it's it's a pretty good movie. Probably a lower a lower budget than the uh, a little bit. So so they did two movies on the Titanic in the in the nineteen fifties. I guess there was a wave of nostalgia about it. Yeah, uh, Titanic and a Night to Remember. A Night to Remember is the greater Bobka of the two. Just in, ga- <laughs> in case you're wondering, uh, I felt like uh, th- I felt like this whole thing was a missed opportunity on Booth's part when he realized you know he was going back in time, and I realized there, there's two important pieces of advice uh, if you ever go back in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is if you ever go back in time, don't step on anything because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. Uh, my, my dad gave me that advice on my wedding night. Um, <laughs> it also re- remember to give yourself and your friends one piece of advice that'll help them get rich. Oh uh, yeah. A hundred percent. That's like why you, that's why I always uh, carry a list of uh, blue chip stonks in my pocket just in case of course. so that if I go back in time, I can be like, Sean, in 2050, uh, everything's going to be run up potatoes. So move <laughs> to Idaho and and build a farm. And, and then, you know, you'll you'll help out your your future self. First, you get the potatoes, then you get the power, then you get the women. It, exactly. That, that's how it goes. And uh, also while I was watching this, uh, I like to think that this episode um, was what inspired the episode of The Office where uh, uh, Jim is is like the prank on Dwight, sends the facts from the future warning about coffee. (laughs) So like it's 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 a message to your to yourself. I, I, I like to think that's what they were what they were inspired by. I think so, too. Yeah, I, uh, I I think so. So, I I hope that uh, that uh, the Templeton comma Booth, um, you know, enjoyed his his last few years. Maybe he went home and told uh, his no good wife to get lost. I would I would hope so because that's still you know a loose th- uh, loose thread. Like you know, needs to need, he, there are definitely things to fix. He he shouldn't just be uh, content with with his entire life. No, no. Uh, you know, I, I think what his uh, what his friends were trying to tell him was to strive for better things in in life right now. There you go. And, and so that 
my immediate thought uh, after that would be I'm I'm dumping the whore and, uh, and and finding finding somebody who appreciates me and just wants to be with me, not the pool boy. There you go. That, that's good advice for life, generally. I think so too. Mr. Booth Templeton, who shared with most human beings the hunger to recapture the past moments, the ones that soften with the years. But in his case, the characters of his past blocked him out and sent him back to his own time, which is where we find him now. Mr. Booth Templeton, who had a round-trip ticket into the Twilight Zone. 